0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: And, and good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on King Jordan Radio. The date is September 30th, 2014, and this is King Jordan you're listening to. And welcome to season three of the King Jordan Radio Show. Where tonight we will talk WWE Raw. We will talk Sting. We will talk all kinds of good stuff. But before we uh, get into that, I do want to remind you that tomorrow, uh exactly uh, one hour from tomorrow, uh, excuse me, one hour from t- tonight, Uh, In tomorrow, we will have uh, the body language expert, Susan Constantine. And uh, from uh, CNN, we will have defense attorney Richard Herman. We will go over the Jody Arias retrial death penalty phase. We will go over the Blade Runner, uh, Oscar P. himself. And much much more. So that's tomorrow at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's bring in our uh, dream team, if you will. Um, first of all, uh, one of the uh, members is from Chicago, where CM Punk is from. He uh, is our wrestling insider, and he's back with us again, ladies and gentlemen. Double J. J.J., Uh, good evening, J.J., and
2: welcome to Season 3 of King Jordan Radio. How are you? You know, that's that's pretty amazing, King. Uh, Congrats, Season 3 of King Jordan Radio. That's really awesome, and uh, we hope to do even three more seasons and keep the show going as long as possible. So it's uh, great to be a part of the first uh, broadcast premiere of Season 3. Uh, No question, and I am working
1: on a huge show, but uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Let's see. I think we might have either Dominic or Mr. Blackjack Brown. Let's go over to line two. Uh, Line number two, your line is open. Uh, Who do we have? Uh, Let's try this again. I need that Jeopardy music. (laughs) is it sir? but in the meantime, uh let's see here uh, okay, uh, um, with, uh with uh with Raw JJ. Uh, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, well let let's give a little preview while I'm trying to get line two
2: open uh of what uh we we're gonna go over. Yeah, I mean, uh, Raw, of course, was in CM Punk's hometown of Chicago. It was right here at Allstate Arena. And you know, any time that they come to Chicago...
0: Hello.
2: Uh, Line 2, are you there?
1: Yo, King, what's up? All right. Hey, okay. This is, uh, of course, my pal Dominic Valente for about 15 years. He uh, does uh, a wonderful job at his uh, wrestling show which could be heard daily at 212-629-1900.
2: And, uh, Dominic, welcome. Thank you. JJ, how you doing, man? Brother Dominic. Great to hear from you, man. We're just missing Brother Blackjack. <laughs> yeah, where is he? Oh, well, he's he's en route
1: in travel right now to the uh, Big Apple, New York City. So, uh he doesn't fly so he has to uh take uh buses and stuff like that. So Oh okay. That's what he's doing. but uh uh I do want to get to Dominic uh and the birthdays but before that i just want to get back to jj and uh, talk about uh what what's in store for tonight's show because uh, we do not unfortunately uh something happened with my computer so the audio clips are not available tonight unfortunately but we'll, uh we'll, we'll we'll make do but uh jj what's in, what what's intact for tonight
2: well, as I was mentioning, what Raw was in Chicago was in their uh, hometown of CM Punk and you know anytime they come to Chicago at the All State Arena, there's going to be a plethora of CM Punk chants and I think the WWE has to prepare themselves. I think they realize that at this point. I mean, if you go to other cities, the CM Punk chants for the most part have died down. You know, once in a while you might get it, but it's not as often as it used to be. But, of course, in Chicago, it's going to be like he just left the other day. So it was very loud. There were lots of chants. But for the most part, I thought the WWE did a great job trying to deflect those CM Punk chants and try to uh, encourage them to follow their script and chant for their guys. Oftentimes you heard John Cena was talking about Ambrose and how the crowd was going nuts for Ambrose, and they're cheering Ambrose, and they're cheering how he sucks. And that's exactly what they wanted the fans to do. They wanted the fans to cheer Ambrose, and they wanted the fans, whether they cheer or boo, they just wanted them to focus on Cena. They didn't want them to focus on Punk. And what better way than to cheer for Dean Ambrose and to have Ambrose come to the ring and to give away free t-shirts. I mean, what a, a brilliant plan by WWE to encourage the fans to get behind Ambrose. I mean, he gave them free t-shirts. I mean, why wouldn't you cheer this guy? But, uh, like I said, WWE did a great job deflecting the CM Punk chants. At one point, Stephanie even acknowledged it and said, well, I don't know why this city continues to cheer for a quitter. And, you know, she brought that up, so, you know, it was her way of sort of acknowledging it, but yet I heard that they were confiscating some CM Punk uh, signs. You know, I understand in the March 3rd show, there was a lot of rumors. Would he come back? Would he not? And they actually encouraged people, bring your CM Punk shirts, your signs, whatever merchandise they had, they brought in March 3rd. But a different We don't live in Russia. Yeah, exactly. Not Uh, Russia. The land of the free. Yeah, but you know he's not there. He's not a part of the show. They don't want anything to do with him. So again, they were confiscating signs and uh, anything CM Punk related. However, there was a fan ringside who did have a giant uh, fat head of Colt Cabana, so that made uh, on camera. So that that wasn't a problem apparently. But anything CM Punk related was taken. But uh, the show, you know, we talked about Raw in the past few weeks. They've had a lot of ups and downs mostly Downs, but I think because it was Chicago, because they were more prepared, I think we saw maybe not a great show, but we saw a much better uh, structured show. And they kicked off with the authority coming ringside, and uh, they were talking, and then all of a sudden they got interrupted by Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman spoke, of course, on behalf of his client, and for a minute it almost seemed – as if, you know, Paul Heyman was challenging the authority, who for the most part, Heyman and Lesnar have been working with the authority to take Cena down, to take the title off of him. But then Paul Heyman told the authority he didn't appreciate uh, them having Seth Rollins at SummerSlam try to cash in on Brock Lesnar. And then, of course, that led to Seth Rollins coming to the ring and then talking to Heyman and saying that the authority didn't tell him to do it, he did what was best for Seth Rollins. He saw Brock Lesnar down and he decided that he wanted to cash in on Brock Lesnar. And of course Heyman kind of put a little threat saying, If you ever do that again, well I respect your uh, your moxie. If you ever do that again you're gonna be in the beast's pass and you will be conquered. And so that was pretty much that. And then of course we saw Dean Ambrose come on get to the the I do want to get to the
1: rest of the world, but uh, before that, Uh, I do want to get uh, with the uh, birthdays and the history with Dominic Valente, and of course, uh, this portion of that is brought to you by Dominic's Hotline, which can be heard at 212-629-1900. It is a local call, and it's a great one, and I've been calling it since its it's day, so uh, without further ado, Dominic, uh, the mic is yours.
3: Well, King, first of all, congratulations on three years of doing this. I didn't think you were doing this that long, and thanks for me uh, bringing me aboard, and I'm in great company here. Oh, you got.
1: I think uh, the three of us and Blackjack are just
3: an awesome,
1: awesome combination of, you know, all different eras, and everything just clicks just perfectly. Yep. Excellent. All right,
3: today's Wrestler's Birthdays, we got Tully Summers. Victor Canoas, who we know from Puerto Rico, Big Ben Alexander, who was an enhancement talent in the old Olympic Auditorium. We got Eli Cottonwood, who was one of the NXT guys, a big country guy. Celebrities. We got Barry Williams, aka Greg Brady. We got Fran Drescher, aka the Nanny. We got Marilyn wow. McCoo of the Fifth Dimension. Her husband Billy Davis Jr. They did a lot of good stuff. Uh, We also got Jenna Elfman. We got um, Lisa Shrevelle from the Party of Five TV show. And the great sounds of Johnny Mathis. Chances are, cause I wear a silly grin the moment you come into view. All right, the day in wrestling history, September 30th, 1985. The Mongolian stomper, Archie Goldie. With manager Tom Renesto won over Phil Hickerson in Memphis, Tennessee to win the CWA, that's Championship Wrestling Association, international title. Two big stars there from the past. Of course, we know Phil Hickerson for a while tried to play himself off as as a Japanese wrestler, PY too high. But, you know, everybody knew it was Phil Hickerson. J.J., continue <laughs> with Monday Night Raw because that's got to be one of the worst Monday Night Raws I've ever seen. I know I say that from time to time, week after week, but last night, just when you didn't, when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the bunny rabbit got involved with
0: yeah.
3: a, uh, an alligator and a, oh, and,
0: and, and a
3: baby bull. So, J.J., um. When you get to that part, warn everybody that they may be throwing up involved.
2: Oh. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there were some high points and some low points, and uh, that was uh, definitely something that wasn't for everybody. But uh, I like the uh, the start of Raw, as I mentioned, with the authority, with Heyman, with Rollins, and then, of course, we saw Dean Ambrose come via a, tel- a satellite screen on the TitanTron, and he has Seth Rollins' Money in the Bank briefcase, And he told Seth, if you want the briefcase, come backstage and get it from me. So that led to Seth Rollins running towards the back, in which he was confronted with John Cena. John Cena and Seth Rollins just kind of brawled out. And then that, of course, led to the first matchup of the night, which was probably the match of the night. If you didn't see this match, you missed something really special, Cesaro versus Dolph Ziggler, versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. I really enjoyed uh, this sort of feud between Ziggler and The Miz. I think it's really elevated the Intercontinental title, especially when we don't have a world champion who shows up weekly. The Intercontinental title has uh, it really has mean just a little bit more. We see it defended more yes. in better matches. So, and you add Cesaro to the mix, who Cesaro is just a phenomenal talent. I think he really helped add a little uh, spice to the Miz and Ziggler feud. Of course, uh, Damian remember, Sandow. Uh, that's to cut you off, J.D. Do you remember the, when they had the European title? Oh, yeah, that was, of course, in the Attitude Era. They brought it in when they had the British Bulldog, and, of course, Owen Hart had it. And they that, it was, that was back when they had, you know, was it four titles? When you had the WWE title, the Intercontinental title, the European title. I mean, hell, they even had the hardcore title, the tag team title, the women's title. They had all kinds of titles, even a light heavyweight championship title that Taka wore, wore, Jerry Lynn wore, that uh, Jeff Hardy had, or that Christian had. So a lot of the guys, there were so many titles back then. And uh, it's funny, because even though there were so many titles then, I felt like it meant more then than it does now. And now we have all these titles, and they don't even really mean anything, so... That's why, like I said, the Intercontinental title is starting to kind of build its sort of legacy back up. It's very slow. I mean, uh, it has a lot of work to do before we can really take this title seriously again. But I think for the most part, the WWE is on its way. We don't have that same uh, regard for the United States title. I mean, what the hell is Sheamus doing? Nothing. But this is the Intercontinental title, and like I said, uh, it was a really solid match, match of the night by far. And uh, it was a really great match that led where we saw lots of guys just you know the, the fans were very respectful they didn't chant for CM Punk they were chanting this is awesome we saw Dolph Ziggler pull out the, a double DDT to Miz and Cesaro he did a double neckbreaker he he did what was probably the move of the night and I don't I don't recall how this happened exactly but Ziggler did some type of catapult to the Miz in which he catapulted the Miz right into Cesaro's nuts. It was the funniest thing I ever saw. Somehow, I don't know how they did it. You have to have seen it to know what I'm talking about. But you know the catapult when you grab somebody's legs and then you fall back and you sort of launch them? He did that to the Miz, and the Miz went headfirst into Cesaro's nutsack. It was by far the funniest thing. But again, I could have
3: it wrong, but I, I think he did it to Cesaro. And she's going head first
2: on the Mrs. Balls. The Mrs. Balls, yeah. I mean, it was uh, there was something you had to see to believe. I don't think I've ever seen that uh, done quite like that, uh, especially in WWE. So no, uh, me I mean,
3: and I bet you Dolph can't do it again. <laughs> I don't know he where probably, that move came oh. out of, but I bet he won't be able to duplicate it. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I believe you. <laughs> But the good match. It ended where the, the guys were doing uh, roll-ups on each other. And eventually Miz tried to roll up Ziggler. Ziggler rolled up Miz. And then finally we had a, an end to this match. I didn't want the match to end, but it was a really great way to kick off the show. Of course, then we saw Rosa Mendes taking on Layla. This match was more of a throwaway. It had nothing to do with Layla or Rosa Mendes. The focus of this match had everything to do with uh, Natty and her husband, Tyson Kidd. And if you watch uh, Total Divas, if you watch NXT, they have this sort of riff where Tyson Kidd is sort of becoming a heel, and he's kind of not listening to Natty, and they're on the edge in their relationship. And a lot of the fans at NXT are giving Tyson a hard time. They call him Natty's husband. He's basically Mr. Nightheart, you know. And that's, you know, to any man, it's always an insult when you are established as sort of the woman's husband. So you're giving him a hard time. So when he was ringside, he wasn't paying attention to the match. He had his headphones on. He was on his phone. He was playing a mobile game. And Natty was getting upset at him to focus on the action. So the main story here was the relationship between Natty and Tyson. It had nothing to do with the actual match itself. So next up we had a pretty interesting, what I was getting to, uh earlier, what better way to get Dean Ambrose over with the fans of Chicago and to forget about CM Punk than to have him come out? He had the Money in the Bank briefcase of Seth Rollins, and he had this big, you know, bag filled with T-shirts which he raided from the concession stand throughout the night. Uh, Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury, the uh, authorities' uh, stooges, if you will. They've been looking for Dean Ambrose, trying to get the briefcase. They've been going all around the backstage arena. They can't find him. So now Ambrose is literally sitting in the ring. He's just handing out shirts to everybody. And they came to confront him to take the briefcase. And he says, well, if you want the briefcase, come and get it. They didn't get it. Instead, they went back. They got Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins came out, and Dean Ambrose apologized. He apologized and said, you know what, I'm sorry I took this too far. If you want the briefcase, come get it. He leaves the ring. He completely walks out of the ring. He goes into the crowd, which I thought that was awesome, because that reminded me of his days in the Shield. And what did the Shield always do? They always left, and they arrived through the crowd. So it was kind of a nice thing to see Ambrose among the fans. He was in the aisle and, of course, Rollins went into the ring. He grabbed his money-in-the-bank briefcase. He opened it, and some slime just shot right out onto his face, kind of like if you ever watch the movie and uh, someone robs a bank, and they have uh, the, the money bag, and they take the money bag, and it's got one of those blue bombs that has that just explosion, that paint. So instead, it was like green slime shooting out of the briefcase and just nailing Seth Rollins. Rollins did his best to sell it. He was disgusted. He was humiliated. He had it all over his nice, fancy suit, and he tried to take the suit off. He was struggling with the suit, so they tried to, you know, of course, in, uh, incorporate some comedy, as they always do, just like when uh, Austin came with the beer truck and he hosed down the corporation and they were swimming in the beer. Here you see Rollins fighting to get out of his suit, and he's covered in green slime. So that was a moment the fans really enjoyed. Then next up, we have Mark Henry versus Bo Dallas. Again, this wasn't much of a wrestling match. It was more to establish that Henry's been losing and that Bo Dallas was there to encourage him, that all he has to do is Bo leave. And I didn't think Bo Dallas would win this at all. I thought I see that, that Mark I mean, Henry was going mean, to crush him. Uh, Bo Dallas uh, won. Bo Dallas did win the match. I didn't think he was. I thought this was the WWE's way to get Mark Henry back on track after his losing ways with Rusev, but that wasn't the case. Bo Dallas hit. He was actually lying in the ring. Uh, Mark Henry went to do his patented little corner splash. He missed Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas got up and did the running Bo dog, which is just sort of a turnbuckle sort of bulldog. So Mark Henry got the pin So Mark Henry continues his losing ways in the WWE. uh, But post-match, what happened was Bo Dallas was backstage. He was being interviewed by, I believe, Renee Young. And then Mark Henry just attacked Bo Dallas, which was kind of odd to me because as of right now, supposedly, Mark Henry's a babyface. He's a good guy. Why would a good guy attack someone backstage? You know, unfortunately, uh, Vince McMahon always says that there are no heels and faces anymore, but I think this just confuses the fans. Are we supposed to cheer the guy? Are we supposed to boo the guy? Are we supposed to like the guy? Here he's hitting Bo Dallas from behind backstage for no reason. I mean, that was a move of a heel. I think that just confuses the audience. Sense. Yeah, it just confuses the audience with things like that. Of course, next up we have Brie Bella, who was scheduled to face Nikki Bella, but Nikki Bella called in a favor from Stephanie and said, because Brie, when she quit way back when, uh, back during payback and the whole situation with Daniel Bryan and he wouldn't give up the titles, Nikki was forced in all these handicap matches. Nikki said that she called in a favor to Stephanie and she put Brie in a handicap match against Cameron and Eva Marie. Again, when you think about this match, you have Cameron and Eva Marie and you have Brie Bella. The real handicap here isn't Bree Bella, the one-on-two. It's Cameron and Eva Marie. They're the ones that are in the handicap match because Bree, I believe, is an excellent performer. I think she's really improved in the ring, and unfortunately, Eva Marie and Cameron aren't quite there yet with their uh, with their ring skills. I mean, Cameron, uh, I she did something on wrestling that I've I can't believe I actually witnessed on television This is only something you hear about in stories Of of a wrestler trying to pin someone While they're laying on their stomach I don't know how you can pin somebody While they're laying on their stomach When you're supposed to pin somebody When their back is against the mat And their shoulders are on the ground She's pinning someone on their stomach JJ, you know where they
3: got that from? Years ago, no. Kamala used to do that, and they used to yell at him, roll him over, roll him over.
2: <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately it was funny with Kamala. It wasn't funny with Cameron. It was No, actually, not, uh, a, not a bit. Yeah, and uh, Eva, she's still, you know, pretty green. She's only been around for so long. Again, mostly this is just for the fans of Total Divas to get more airtime. But, you know, Bree won the match. I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. Next up, now this this is the moment that I need to warn our listeners, because next up we had a tag team match. It wasn't really a tag team match. It was mostly something you would see on the Animal Planet. We had the Los Matadors with El Torito ringside taking on Heath Slater and Titus in which they call themselves Slater Gator. And to my surprise, they came with Hornswoggle, but Hornswoggle wasn't dressed up like himself. He wasn't dressed up as a leprechaun. He was dressed up as a gator, mm. as an alligator. So now you have Adam Rose, who's doing commentary, because Adam Rose has issues with Slater Gator. So Adam Rose is sitting with the commentators, and, of course, with him is the bunny. And the bunny has a, a headset on. And apparently the bunny also has his own Twitter page, at Mania. So you can tweet to the buddy. Oh you know. The buddy has his own social media page. He's doing commentary, even though he's not talking. Uh, you know, this is something that can really only be for the kids. I, I have to imagine that this is this is why WWE is PG, and it's for any kids watching this that maybe they enjoyed it. I'm not a you know a five year old kid. I can't tell you what a five year old kid sees when they see this. Maybe they enjoy it. I'm an adult. I'm a man, so when I see this, it's comical, it's silly, it's it's over-the-top ridiculous. But maybe there's an audience for it. Like I said, the WWE is PG. Maybe kids like it. You'd have to ask a kid. But uh, the match itself wasn't really much of a match because, again, the focus was on Adam Rose ringside with the bunny, and then the bunny is making googly eyes at T. Slater, Then. I believe Slater Gator did get the win, so I was happy for Heath Slater. Heath Slater pick, uh, picking up a victory on Monday Night Raw, which is rare. So I was happy for Slater in that regard, but then what followed was the bunny getting into the match. We saw uh, at one point that Gator did a Gator roll to the ball. So now we see Hornswoggle dressed up as a Gator doing the Gator roll, something we've seen uh, Luke Harper do in matches. And then the bunny gets involved. The bunny's eliminating the guys. And, of course, Adam Rose is having a good time. And even ringside was, I believe, what, uh, Jesse Jackson. He was ringside, and he was celebrating with the bunny. So it was just, it was. It's the bunny and Jesse Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) It it was something.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, it was something that. You had to see to believe, but I don't think you want to see it. Uh, it was, it's not for everyone, and that's the thing with WWE. They're they're so focused on one target audience that I think they're losing another target audience. So that's what another there. thing that we talked Another thing that we keep on talking about is
1: that the length of this show, uh, even the biggest WWE fan will concede that three hours is way too much wrestling. You know, you got a three-hour show. You got a show on the next day, uh, NXT or what have you. I mean, and then you got SmackDown. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, Back in, like, the 90s, you would have Raw, And then you would have maybe Sunday night heat and that was it because you would have the the feeling where you would want to look forward to the show. Now there's no big deal. Now there's no anticipation because uh, three hours, it's just, like, it's it's, it's crazy. You know, like, uh, it, with football, like, the first hour, maybe, like, they should do what they do on the WWE Network with Booker T and, you know, maybe sometimes Ric Flair and have, like, a little pregame. That's what they should do. But to have three hours
2: of the same garbage is, is just not working, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I mean, even last night, you know, it, it's getting harder and harder to watch. You know, I'm looking at the clock and thinking, oh, my God, we still got another half hour to go. I mean, this this is crazy. I mean, I think in the beginning, you know, a lot has to do with the network, I think, in USA. I don't know if USA is demanding that they want it to stay three hours. I don't know if it's WWE. but yeah you know, look at the clock because says- – They uh,
1: actually, you know, it says it's supposed to go after five after the hour, but we all know that Raw never ends at five after the hour. It always ends about 11.10 or 11.15 or depending where you are, a quarter after the hour. Uh, So, like, when you set it on for a DVR you best to, to set it for at least 10 minutes overboard because I uh, I have never, well, not in a long time, I've never seen Raw actually end at 11.05 front, I don't know if you have, but.
2: Maybe once. Once. I think I was even shocked. Oh, my God, it's over? I mean, we're not even a few minutes over yet. Once probably I've seen in probably the past decade that it uh,
1: start. You have a three-hour show, too. So it's like you're getting extra time and extra time. If you started at nine o'clock or you started it for the two hours show, depending on where you are, it, it then you know, that's fine. And I used to like the overrun, but to have an overrun with three hours on top of it is just way too much. You know, it's just, like, look how good the NFL does. You know, why? Because the NFL only has 16 games, and each game is important, and uh, that's why it's the number one sport. you know, that's why it uh, gets numbers that, that it does. And even hockey only has uh, 82, 84 games or whatever it is. And same thing with, you know, the others But uh, besides baseball. But uh, the point is the three hours just has to stop. Maybe do an hour on the network, do something like that. But it's really, you know, from what I'm hearing at least, from the most diehard fans, they tell me that this three-hour I wish to I
2: just gotta stop. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, once in a while, like maybe the season premiere, they just had the season premiere uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe then do a three-hour Raw. But uh, to do it yeah. know, every night, every week, I mean, it, it's, it's getting to be a bit much. You know, an anniversary show like old-school Raw, you know, special occasions, make it mean something. But uh, right now, week after yeah. week, it's... It's getting enough. They have enough time. They have a two hours on SmackDown. They have main event. They have the time to do all this kind of craziness, and yet they're trying to fit it all into one show, and it's just uh, it's just too much.
1: Yeah, and, of
2: course, uh, you know, I, I'm happy
1: that, uh, you know, the cancer thing was mentioned, but Hulk Hogan is just turning into a welcome commercial. I mean, yeah. it's nothing anymore. His career or anything like that, he's either pushing the network or, you know, like I said, I do approve of the the cancer awareness that is coiled to WWE for that. But uh, in terms of Hogan, you know, he is once a guy that, you know, shared the spotlight with Iron Sheik and Bob Backman and, oh my, the list goes on and on. You know, you, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to know that. And now he, he's out there pushing, you know, WWE Networks. Like, it just doesn't look good for an icon like that. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, I mean, I understand that. Uh, he did come out, of course, last night, and they introduced the third annual uh, Susan G. Coleman, the Breast Cancer Awareness that they do in October. They have everything pink. Uh, they're selling WWE Superstars T-shirts, and the, the donations go to Susan G. Coleman, so, I mean, that's all well and good. Normally, that was a job for John Cena. It was actually John Cena who brokered that partnership between Susan G. Coleman and the WWE. It, uh, it's been him the last two years who's been talking about it. They brought some of the people who were battling it uh, last year. Of course, some of the women were there uh, ringside. But it was kind of odd to see Hogan in that role. You know, that was something that. We were accustomed to John Cena. Like I said, he's the one who really brokered that deal and that re- that business relationship between them. So to see Hogan come out there and to be that sort of spokesmodel for Susan G. Coleman, uh, well, I mean it's great that Hogan did it, but it just felt different. I mean, isn't there a better way to use Hogan? I mean, is this all there is to do for Hogan? I mean, you know, with the network, I could understand because basically all of his glory days are in the past. So why not mention it on the network? Because that's the only place you're going to get it. But I thought the, the Susan G. Coleman thing, on the one hand, I can understand they wanted to bring Hogan in to get people to tune in. But it just it felt like an odd choice to see him doing it, considering, like I said, that was normally Cena's role. But you know, they they don't know what to do with Hogan. They have the guy, and they don't know what to do with him. Ric Flair, they have Ric Flair, but they don't know what to do with him. Although I do know Ric Flair suffered an injury. He was in the hospital. I don't know if he had a hernia or something, much like with Roman Reigns. So Flair's been out of action. He was actually supposed to be in NXT to support his daughter Charlotte, but he was hospitalized. We do know that he is doing better but uh, it's just a case where WWE doesn't know really what to do with these guys. I mean, they have these legends. There's a lot of fans that would love to see them involved with the show, but they just don't know how to include them.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at, uh, like you said, Rick, Flair, great point. Uh, nothing uh, besides, like, uh, maybe I saw a few months back on the network, uh, he, him and Booker T were commentary but you know, Booker T could still go, in my opinion. Uh, Sting could still go. Undertaker could definitely still go. And speaking of that, uh, but I, ju- I just want to get Dominic's opinion on uh, Raw uh, from the 29th yesterday. Uh, Dominic, what was your take of uh, Monday Night Raw? Well, before like on? JJ
3: said. The match of the night had to be Dolph Ziggler and... Uh, Cesaro and the Miz. That was excellent. The opening thing with Triple H and Stephanie took forever. Uh, trying to get back the briefcase and with the agents being involved and all, it it took way too long, way too long. The opening. Every time Triple H and Stephanie are there, they got to hog the show. Um, yes. And uh, the backstage promo of the Wyatt where you didn't see much of Luke Harper, Uh Uh, Eric Rowan, it looks like they may be leading into a Luke Harper going into a singles push. Interesting. And the Layla thing, because it had to do with the Total Divas show, that's really what that was based around, so that was a waste. The Dean Ambrose thing with the T-shirts was hysterical. Um... Then we're backstage again with Seth Rollins confronting Kane and Randy Orton. And it looked like Kane and Randy Orton were laughing because she still had all the green slime on him. And they oh, hear boy. the Money in the Bank briefcase making a noise. And <laughs> they look at it like maybe there's a bomb in it. And Seth Rollins says, it's an electric razor. And all of a sudden, you hear JBL said, the guy's got a beard. Like, what does he need with an electric razor?
2: Well, Amber am something? Mark Henry,
3: <laughs> Mark, Henry I losing, Mark Henry losing to Bo Dallas was a friggin' travesty. No wonder why Mark Henry yes. got pissed off and ran backstage and beat up on Bo Dallas. And the is. I'm tired of that. Really, it, it's ran its course. Um, the other thing with with the animals and Hornswoggle dresses as a alligator and and Torito in the bullfighting outfit and that stupid rabbit. Oh, Terrible. The Rusev yeah. thing with Lana, mm-hmm. and you see, first Rusev bails from the ring, and then he's back in the ring again with Big Show, and Big Show pulls down the Russian flag. That was good.
2: They got in trouble um,
3: for that. Alicia Fox against AJ. You know, AJ lost, but it was within the sits from Paige. Same thing over and over again. Sheamus beat Damien yes. Sandow with The Miz. Same thing. Miz-Dow. Stupid. And Hulk Hogan, yeah, I thought that was John Cena's baby, the Susan B. Coleman thing, but I guess not. Backstage, then we see Kane and Randy Orton. They're tired again of picking up after Seth Rollins. He starts to fire, and they got to put it out. And it looks like maybe Kane and Randy Orton are going to become good guys because they're tired of being pushed around. Stephanie says, do your job because both you aren't what you used to be. And the main event, oh, of course was very easy. John Senior and Dean Ambrose beat Kane and Randy Orton on a DQ when Seth Rollins ran in again. To me, That's, a far uh, Monday Night Raw. <laughs>
1: well, uh, there is some news with The uh, Undertaker now, uh, according to some sources, he hasn't ruled out The WrestleMania 31 match, which is very interesting. Uh, I don't know if you heard about
2: that, JJ. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I heard heard there was a get together between uh, Undertaker and his wife, Michelle McCool. They were at this uh, event, and of course, a lot of the people there were just talking about. Yeah, they were asking just, you know, what are your plans with WrestleMania 31? I mean, what's going to happen? Will you have a match or not? And he just basically told them that, you know, he's open to it. He hasn't ruled it out yet. So, I mean, that that's a good sign for people who were sure earlier in the year. I still think, you know, he has to pass that physical. I mean, hopefully he's in good shape. There, of course, always been rumors here and there whether or not, you know, he'll make it. But uh, to The Undertaker, I think he'll compete. And uh, that's definitely a good sign for any fans of Sting, because we all know that's Sting's dream match. I think that's why maybe he's been holding out on his return. He wants The Undertaker. He wants it so bad that I'm not sure if he will even come into the WWE unless he gets that match. Uh,
0: yeah, I agree
2: with you.
1: Uh, what do you think, Dominic, as far as The Undertaker is concerned?
3: Well, I don't think we're going to see Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. And in all honesty, I don't ever think we're going to see Sting even get in the ring. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because everybody want to, wants to see Sting yeah. and undertaker. And I think if anybody should have yeah. broken the take a streak, I think it should have been Sting, not Lesnar. Lesnar don't show up no way. He comes and goes as he wants. That's a champion. Now we don't have a heavyweight champion yeah. because... Of Brock Lesnar's exclusive thing—that he only does pay per views and some Raws—he's not even scheduled on the Hell in a Cell pay per view to be there.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh my. There, that's not a oh
0: my. Yeah,
1: like if you go back to the Nitro days, Hulk Hogan had the title and hardly even defended it. Maybe like once every other month. Yep. That's what it reminds me of. Never our shows. You know, Hogan had that exclusive, exclusive, exclusive contract with WCW. Uh, but, uh, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a good champion. I mean, Goldberg was a good champion because, you know, he had these great matches with Bam Bam Bigelow and Kevin Nash. Well, yep. not great matches with Kevin Nash, too. but nonetheless people got their money's worth because when you go to a live event or a house show as we know it you know you want to see the champ people go they're not seeing uh, the champion because they're seeing John Cena which is nice but you know uh, I was always brought up to see the world champion whether it be Savage or Warrior or whatever you know it just
0: it's It's
1: just comical, actually, that you you go to these house shows and the 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 world title is not
3: even on the line. You know, when they mentioned the Intercontinental title, they mentioned Pat Patterson as being the first champion, but he was given that belt. There was never no tournament in Rio de Janeiro to crown the champion. They gave him that belt. And when they talk about the oh, RC really? title, they always leave out Don Morocco and they always leave out Pedro Morales. Why?
1: Really? I don't know. That's interesting because I think Don Morocco was put in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, saying. he's yeah, in the Hall I of Fame, Don Morocco. So why would they uh
3: They never mention Morocco. I don't know why. I wish I knew. But they never mentioned Pedro.
1: You know, I never saw Pedro wrestle in person, but I know uh, from what I heard he was—he was an icon.
3: Oh, I and, saw Pedro uh, that a lot of times. He was unbelievable.
2: That's all politics.
1: Yeah. He could, he could he, he him and John Cena. Forget about it. He would work circles around Mister Cena.
3: <laughs> oh, of course. That's not uh, even a match. Cena and, Pe- and Pedro—not even close.
0: <laughs>
3: but uh,
1: TNA Bound for Glory is coming up soon And there are some uh, matches confirmed uh, I don't know if you heard about this, JJ But Tajiri and uh, Great Mood Well, this is a tag team match Storm and uh, the Great uh, Sanada, I guess I'm, if I'm saying that are uh, right, I'm not sure But they're going to take on Muda and Tajiri yeah, in yeah, the Wonder great. Matches. That should be awesome. And this whole card should be awesome. Uh, hopefully, they'll be on the network by then. Um, I got the rest of the and, lineup. Uh, you
3: guys want it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Go yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you got also uh, the X Division title match. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, Loki, Samoa Joe, and... K, uh, maybe I can't pronounce this. Kyla Hayashi.
3: Test. Uh, Wait, let, me, yeah. let me see what my lineup is. Um, let me see. Hang on a minute. Well, and this is, is Russell got, 1 uh, from TNA. I yeah. got I got Manic against Minoru Tanaka. Yeah. Who wrestled under a mask wow. at Heat in CMLL. Guys, excellent. MVP yes. goes against Kazma Sakamoto. I think Sakamoto is the guy that used to come out with with Tenzai. Yeah. And
0: right.
3: then we got Tommy Dreamer and Abyss taking on Team 3D. That should be great. Then we got. And well,
1: I think their last match uh, at least for bully Ray. Yep.
3: Then we got Hopefully a guy not. named oh, Andy Wu. Fun. And Mexican star Elito del Pantera taking on uh, Yusaku Kodama, who I don't know, and Kuro Kuroshito Akiman Jiro, who I don't know either. And Samoa Joe, you said, is taking on who now? Uh, well, he's involved in the three-way
1: uh, for the... Uh, X Division and Loki's one of the competitors, and the other one is Kaz Hayashi, I think. Oh, yeah, Kaz Hayashi. Yeah,
3: he's been around, he's excellent.
1: Yeah, so this paper, this pay per view looks off the hook, and uh, I think Spike is holding on to TNA throughout the year, somebody told me. so I think uh, there's a, if there is a when and if there is a change, that won't be till next year. So thank God for that, because uh, I think Sonata's like going to turn on
3: Storm, and the Japanese are going to beat up on Storm.
1: Yeah, this really should, cause as you know, Dominic and JJ. That in Japan they really appreciate their wrestling, and yep. like like nobody else. You know, they, they clap. You know, it just reminds me of, like, the old school fans. Uh, they're just so passionate about wrestling. And when an American uh, talent wrestling. goes
3: over there, even like the old days, when Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody and Bruno went and Danucci, Steve Dr. Death Williams, Terry Gordy, the Japanese star embrace our guys. Not like when I, when right. the Japanese stars come to the WWE, what did McMahon ever do for Yoshitatsu? Nothing.
0: It's a good
1: point. He's going to
0: continue
1: that. And one thing you might you might not like Eric Fisher, but he did bring in a lot of the Japanese talent to uh, WCW. Uh, yes, one he of the, the only things he show. Did. Yeah, and he had the Latino World Order, but. Uh, you know, he did have uh, Sonny Ono, who I uh, got to know, but he did have, uh, who was the manager of course, but uh, he did have uh, a lot of good talent uh, uh, when he did that, with that. And, uh, you know, if you go back to, like, some of the pay-per-views from WCW and you look at uh, like a Chris Jericho versus Rey Mysterio, for example,
0: Uh, those
1: matches... Yeah, those are the ones that sold the show. It wasn't Hogan versus Piper later that no, night no. that sold the show. People and went to the back back
3: versus they
1: went there to see Jericho Woken and Raven. Raven. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jericho against Raven uh, was 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 one of the one of the shows that they had at, at WCW. A lot of great matches with Saturn and uh, you know. All those cruiserweights they had were just awesome and underappreciated too. Uh, I might add. But uh, you know, at least they were being showcased. Uh unlike, Perry Saturn uh, was excellent. He
3: could he could uh he could suplex you in a hundred different ways, Perry Saturn. Very underutilized in W C W and in WWE. They had him come out with Moppy, the mop yeah. remember. Um,
0: that? Uh,
1: yeah, and then wasn't he with uh, Terry Reynolds?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, anytime you walk somewhere with Terry Reynolds, you got to be happy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, shopping. yeah. I,
3: hey, I'm going with Terry. I'm happy.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, Terry, uh, wow, uh, she was. She had some career. I mean, Goldess, she had a kid with... Uh, he still has a kid with, I believe. Yes, she has. He's got, I think two daughters, or at least one. I know for sure. Yeah, uh, Dakota. Dakota. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the, 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 that Golders gimmick where he was making fun of Tourette syndrome. I just, me personally, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that was cool. You know, it, it's just like there are right. people that have real problems with that, and like. You know, to to vulgar, it, you know, it might have made people laugh or whatever. But what about those people who are suffering from it, and you know, you know, are practically dying from it? And, you know, I just question a lot of things uh, with uh, the the Volga character and Vince McMahon and whatnot. You know, I mean, Katie Vicks, Oh my God! No, that Jordan, please. I guess,
0: <laughs> that was a different...
1: Um, Katie Vic, my God. Yeah, like, uh, when uh, John Cena uh, came in, like, a year or two, his sophomore year, he was actually singing, and I, I saw this uh, recently, but it, he was talking about... John Ritter had just passed away in 2003, and he was singing a rap song, and it, it worked to the effect about John Ritter passing away, and he was using it in his rap song. Uh, really? And I was like, oh my god. That is just terrible. And this is like 10 years ago, or a little bit more at least, but unbelievable what what what, what the WWE has done.
3: Who did they, who and, uh, what did continued... they do back in the day with Tori Wilson that her father died of a heart attack and that's how they took him out oh of my the storylines? He died of a heart attack when he went to bed with somebody. Don Marie. Don Marie, that's it.
1: it. Yeah, that's right, Jason.
3: Yeah, he had an affair with Don Marie, and she gave him a heart attack.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and do you remember, like, the referee that died in the storylines also? What was Uh, his uh, name? uh, Um, Tim White. Tim White, yes. Holy goodness. Tim
3: White did the storyline hang himself?
2: Yeah, yes. yes. where he tried to kill himself every week.
1: I mean, what What What, they, what the hell were they thinking? Well, they weren't I don't thinking, know.
0: but what the hell were
1: they thinking? Uh, just for the record, on
3: WrestlingFigs.com, Bobby Moreno posts pictures of all the autograph signings he goes. And the last time he went to one where there was Bruno... Bruno was sitting right next to Tim White. So, Tim White is very much alive. <laughs> so everybody yeah,
1: knows. there's only about wrestling that I are alive.
3: I think he sold a friendly tap. But, he's very much alive. God bless him.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, he's dead now, Ultimate Warrior. But, before that, uh, people always thought he was dead. They thought, yeah. two the Warriors. That was or that he was dead. Then you know certain people that didn't know you couldn't even convince them otherwise. But they uh, always do that
3: when they don't see a guy for a while. They presume he's dead. They did it with yeah. Warrior. They did it with Perry Saturn. They did it with Paul Orndorff. They did it with yes, yes. Mr. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and Mr. Wonderful. I mean, do you remember when he turned on Hogan? Dominic?
3: Yeah, yeah, of course. That was, that was great. Paul Ordolf was great. Was he should good. have been heavyweight champion. Yeah, wow. yeah.
0: yeah. So,
1: but, uh, it, it's uh, interesting. But, uh, you know, they were talking about uh, uh, Mark Henry uh, in the clip that I was going to play. But I'll just uh, talk about what he was saying. That uh, x Pac took it, you know... Uh, took a shit on Mark Henry's stuff, supposedly, and that's why there was references made in that now infamous DX uh, mocking of the nation. And, uh, oh boy. then uh, he was making the point that, uh, you know, Mark Henry is like, they they use him for a little bit and then, and then you don't hear from him. And then, you know, he's given birth to whatever he gave birth to. It just, it's just totally out of line, like some of the things with uh, Mark Henry, uh, what they did to this guy who's been loyal and who's been there for now, what, almost since yeah, ninety six, Yeah, 1996. Yep. So uh, and I think he needs an, a mouthpiece, uh, i.e. Paul Heyman, Uh like uh you know Brock Lesnar has a poem and, and I think that's a match made in heaven because uh yeah you can't you can't do uh can't do too much better than uh that uh as far as that is concerned. But uh Bruiser Brody will be honored uh, next year at the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh Bruiser Brody uh at the 50th anniversary reunion, uh, this will take place also uh, next year in Las Vegas in April. So, uh cool that if you want to be a part of that. Uh, also, I heard that, uh, JJ, maybe you know, there's some kind of code now for my career mode uh, with the 2K15. Uh, they uh, uh, said something about details for WWE 2K15. Uh, Confirms that the NXT roles,
2: prizes, superstar appearances.
1: Yeah. Have you heard anything
2: about this? Yes, uh, that is actually something they didn't announce before, even when they did the full roster. We uh, we talked about all the people who would be uh, appearing in WWE 2K15, but the one thing they didn't discuss during the panel was uh, the My Career Mode. In the My Career Mode, if you're playing the game, you can uh, pick a wrestler, you can create a wrestler, and you'll start out training, basically, pretty much like in real life, you know, Art Imitating Life, you start out in NXT at the Performance Center. So you'll be wrestling some of the wrestlers of NXT, and they did announce that Rusev is in the video game, Bo Dallas is in the video game, Adrian Neville is in the video game. Sami Zayn is in the video game. And Corey Graves is in the video game. So that was uh, those wrestlers besides Bo Dallas. Uh, we didn't know that Rusev was in. We didn't know Neville and Zayn and Corey Graves were were in the W2K15, a part of NXT. That was uh, big news for any video game fans out there. And, of course, as you start out in NXT, like I said, you you know, you have a few matches here and there and then you try to elevate and debut on the main roster. So then you'll go to either Raw or SmackDown, you'll wrestle there, you'll be a part of pay per views, you'll try to win championships in the game, and then eventually you'll try to headline WrestleMania and then make your way into the Hall of Fame. So they really put a lot of detail into really, you know, imitating what a superstar goes through in their journey into the WWE. And, of course, nowadays, everybody goes through NXT. Kenta is going through NXT. Prince Devitt is going through the NXT. Although, finally, they gave uh, Prince Devitt a name. His name, I believe, is Finn Balor, which uh, he hasn't debuted in NXT yet, but hopefully we will see him soon as the Ascension is feuding with uh, Hideo Itami, which was formerly known as Kenta. So hopefully we will see Prince David soon in NXT, so I'm very excited for that. But uh, W2K15, I'm very excited for when that game comes out. It comes out October 28th on uh, PS3 and Xbox 360, and it also comes out November 18th for next-gen consoles, the PS4 and Xbox One. That should
1: definitely be interesting. Also, WWE apologizes for the uh, Russo segment. WWE has released a statement on the Big Show and Russo segment last night on Raw, which eventually saw the Russian flag being pulled down to the ring. We at the WWE would like to apologize to the Russian people for the incident on Monday Night Raw that... Uh, has been construed as disrespect for the nation's flag. What do you think of that, JJ? Let me start with you. Yeah.
2: I mean, I remember uh, as Dominic was going over that. As fans, of course, we live in America. It was a very proud moment where finally Big Show stood up to Rusev and his sort of Russian, you know, dominating ways. They've always been talking down to about the Americans. So Rusev was in the ring, and of course, right behind him, they had this giant. Uh, a a Russian flag, you know, come down from the ceiling. So finally Big Show, who, of course, you know, seven feet, you know, 500 pounds almost, he comes in, he intimidated Rusev. Rusev left the ring. And then Big Show was standing in the ring eye to eye with the flag. The fans were cheering. Big Show got his big, uh, you know, pan-sized hand, and he just pulled down the Russian flag. And, of course, that was the delight Of everyone uh, in Chicago, they were cheering, they were chanting USA. It was thunderous, it was loud, it was a very proud moment uh, for the fans at the arena. Finally, the American topples the Russian. But, as you flip the coin on the other side, a lot of Russian fans, especially fans who have the WWE Network, were offended, and they were probably canceling their WWE Network as you speak. I mean, it is... uh, You know, it was a huge sort of disgrace to them, to the Russian flag, and, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't happy about it. So, of course, first thing today, the WWE issued the apology. They uh, didn't mean any disrespect. They tried to call it just something that part of the entertainment show. They didn't mean to uh, offend anybody. But uh, I, I could definitely see that was coming. Even yesterday, when I was watching it, I go, "Oh man, that's that's not good." I know they're gonna they're gonna be apologizing. They're gonna be doing something to talk about what just happened because I can't imagine this is gonna go over well in this PG era in which they have to apologize for everything that they do. And in this matter, it was a very serious matter for, you know, the Russian fans. I mean, the American flag isn't supposed to touch the ground, you know, either. There's never supposed to be a time where the the American flag falls down and touches the ground. That's just not supposed to happen. And we actually saw that happen. Uh, Jack Swagger, when he was uh, wrestling with uh, Rusev, a lot of people spoke out about it. I believe they even spoke about it. On the air, JBL goes, what the hell? You know, the American flag isn't supposed to touch the ground. He got pissed right. off.
0: Right. So now
2: you have where the Russian flag was just pulled down in a very disrespectful manner and thrown to the the ring mat. And that, of course, is also very disrespectful to the Russian fan. So... It's just one of those cases where, you know, you can't win. They tried to do something. It was all in uh, the well of entertainment. But unfortunately for some people, people did take offense to that. And people in Russia were absolutely right to feel that way because I would feel the same way if they did that to the American flag.
3: Now, if WWE apologized for the actions of the Big Show, there was another way they could have did it without the Big Show pulling it down and dragging it around. He could have pulled it down, folded it nice and neat, and no. said to Rusev, you know, I don't do things the way you do. I won't disrespect your flag because it's your country. You happen to be a bad apple from that country, so I'm not going yeah. to disrespect no. the whole country because you're a scumbag. And let the big show fold it up nice and and give it to him and say, here, I don't need your flag, but I'm not going to disrespect it. It's you I want to disrespect.
0: I like uh, you the know. Brother,
2: Especially Big Show saying that, like I think that's too. a great way. The only thing I don't like is seeing Big Show fold a giant flag that's maybe about the size of the ring. That would take quite a while to do.
3: Yeah, to fold it up, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, no question. I got
3: married. That, that big Russian flag could have been my ex-wife's dress. <laughs> oh, Lord.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, boy. But uh, years and years, Vince McMahon has always played the American versus whether it's, I don't know, Canada versus, you know, when they had the Hart Foundation. And yeah, of it was course always Sergeant the bad Raul. Russian,
3: the bad German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bad oh, yeah. Arab, the Iron Low. Sheik.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Remember the Un-Americans? Oh, yep. my God. With the late test. Uh, was in that I believe Uh that was just awful awful stuff but uh, JJ you have some information uh, about the new uh, Sting DVD right
2: Oh, yes. I mean, everyone's talking about Sting. We're very excited that, you know, he's partnered up with the WWE. They mentioned that he's a part of the video game. They showed uh, that trailer footage of him, and it was amazing. And we're all waiting for the day where Sting debuts and wrestles for the WWE. And, of course, the WWE has announced a DVD, so a lot of fans are excited. You know, Sting's first big DVD with the WWE. And, of course, what do you know – his big first DVD release, and the uh, the company that made the DVDs, I don't know whose job it was to choose the images for the box art, and on the back cover, they don't have the right sting. They have the NWO imposter fake sting, who a lot of fans I remember back in All the... All right, uh, JJ, the- I read something
3: on that today. That yeah, so... They're saying now they deliberately did it. Because oh, Sting had a big feud with the NWO Sting.
2: So that they made it on purpose. Well, well, now, as they pointed out, what they're going to do is they're going to re-release the box art. So basically, they're making the one with the imposter Sting on the back a collector's item. So you know there's going to be people running to the stores to buy the flawed DVD box uh, art. And, you know, they're going to sell it on eBay for probably 100 hundred, two hundred $200.
3: Oh, they re- they redid the
2: cover art. I didn't know that. Yes, they are gonna redo the cover art. So it's a limited. Oh jeez. Whatever stores that have the fake imposters thing, uh, eventually within the next month or so, they're gonna have a new box art.
3: Oh wow. Okay. You know, I didn't know that.
2: All
3: right. Good going, man. You
2: know Sting
1: so We should have we should have him on RAW, at least promoting this uh, this upcoming DVD.
3: You I know, think they want to get nice, right? Sting out of the out of the public eye, because yeah. once he comes on to do anything, yeah. whether it's to talk about the, the, his DVD or the video game, uh-huh. they're going to start chanting. Oh, it's
0: the video
3: game. Yeah, but but they did it at a, at a press conference. Sting never came out on TV. If he oh, comes God. out on TV, you know what they're going to chant. You still got it. You still okay. got it, and they're going to want to see a match with Sting. Yeah. But if he ain't ready to get in there or WWE ain't ready to put him in there, that's that's going to fall flat. They're going to say, what'd you do? Just come in to be part of the video game and to get a DVD made?
2: Yeah, it's pretty much like with Hogan Uh, coming in and G. Coleman. He just came in to promote that and then he was gone. Are we going to see Sting come in and promote the DVD and then be gone when everybody wants one more match?
3: Just in case yeah. they don't do Undertaker and 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 Sting. What about Sting and Brock? Mm. Oh or, or would you have Sting make one appearance and get his balls beat in by Brock?
2: No, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't think any any fans want to see Sting, like you said, he would basically get destroyed. I can't imagine that they would let Sting get over, or if Brock's still the champion by then, which I think he should be. If Sting wins the match, then what, is Sting going to be the world champion? Is Sting going to defend the title every month? Does he have a limited schedule? Do we (laughs) believe that Sting could beat uh, Brock Lesnar, who destroyed The Undertaker, who destroyed John Cena, who destroyed The Big Show? I mean, uh, right now, but uh, it's just a that's rumor, crazy. of course. But Bray Wyatt was on Twitter, and he did a tweet, and Bray Wyatt tweeted about destroying the Scorpion. And of course, anytime you bring up Scorpion, you think of Sting because that's his symbol, the Scorpion. His finishing move, the Scorpion Deathlock, the Scorpion Drop. So now people are trying to decide whether or not they want to see Bray Wyatt possibly versus Sting. And because that I could see. I could see Sting beating uh Bray Wyatt and it not hurting Bray Wyatt and it's a good way for Sting to go out because Bray Wyatt's that mysterious character, you know, Sting when he was the crow Sting in W C W when he got rid of uh the you know, the blonde uh you know hair yeah, and the got California
3: Sting, yeah.
2: The California surfer Sting and he became the dark kind of broody, the crow sting. I think if they could bring that character to the WWE and have him do these, you know, promos with uh, Bray Wyatt, I think they could be special, and I think Bray Wyatt needs it. He needs somebody to make him look good. He needs someone to make him feel like a main event star, and there's really nobody better than Sting.
3: I couldn't agree more with that point. That Yeah, he could bring out the best in Bray Wyatt.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, they're starting to plug. I know Stone Cold's uh, podcast where we play it here sometimes. Uh, I think they even mentioned
2: DDP uh, yesterday.
1: Uh,
2: They did play that. They said Stone Cold Steve Austin, check out his podcast. They played DDP, will be his guest. That's already the second time now. You know, we talked about uh, the other week, it was Kevin Nash, so... There seems to be something brewing. We don't really know the details of what the relationship is between Stone Cold Steve Austin and the WWE. Jim Ross discussed that he doesn't believe that uh, Austin will be wrestling at WrestleMania 30, but, you know, he never say never.
0: Right,
1: and, uh, you know, of course, Jim Ross and Stone Cold are friends, so if anybody knows, uh, it would be a good old JR, but... I don't know. I'd like to see uh, Austin wrestle also. There's a few like guys that need that one more match. Sting, Austin, Undertaker. Uh, you know, so the list goes on and on. Yeah, a
2: lot uh, of fans will uh, really <laughs> go out on top. You know, the last time we saw Austin in the ring, he finally did the job to The Rock. They had so many great battles at WrestleMania. They had three WrestleManias. I don't think we've ever seen someone have three WrestleManias, and each WrestleMania was just a very exciting match. The Rock and Austin, they always delivered, and on the last match uh, together, The Rock actually beat Austin for the first time, and that was Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match, so it would be great to see Austin come back and to go out on top.
1: Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, there were rumors, you remember, like, he was going to take on CM Punk, Uh, When they were going at it on the internet or whatever, Twitter. Uh, So, yeah, I uh,
2: I think it was last year. It was either last year or the year before one of the WWE video games, again, in which they had Austin a part of the game. And they had Jim Ross actually sit down and do an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin and CM Punk together at the same time. And it got a lot of people talking. People really believed that they were going to be building up a Austin-CM Punk match, but of course, you know, it never took place. Wow, that's unbelievable.
1: But uh, they uh, have the uh, promotional uh, poster of Survivor Series. So we now know it it's pretty much blank, but it just says uh, Sunday, November 23rd. So there you go with that. Of course, TLC will be on December 14th, Bound for Glory, October 12th, Hell in the Cell, October 26th. Yeah. Wow, just so many uh, pay-per-views going on uh, for the uh, for, uh, WWE. It's
3: like... Uh, I think you got a couple wow. of TNA you know? one-night-only ones also. Oh, yes? Yeah, there might be a TNA one night only airing the first Friday of uh, October, or the second Friday of October. They usually they usually give one once a month on the yeah. first Friday of the month.
0: And
1: uh, are they ever going to leave New York? And the television tapings—I mean, Jesus, feels feels like months ago that I went to that show. <laughs> I don't know. not supposed to be going
3: back? Up. To New York. Well, yeah, um, over. In the winter. But yeah. the taping was from the summer,
1: you know, long time ago. Well,
3: the taping and, that we're uh, going to see tomorrow is from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and they got a lot of ground to cover. And Spike TV said they're going to keep them on as long as possible until the tapings run out. Mm. But if the time comes <clears throat> that they're going to take them off Spike... They got all that stuff to air in the U.K. Oh. Now they taped the U.K. Oh, yeah. show not long ago. And originally when I read it, it was supposed to be for Spike TV. And it's cool. got all the guys at the British boot camp. But
0: oh. that's
3: never going to air on Spike. No. A lot of names we oh, don't my. know, but I'd like to see them to get acquainted with these guys. See what they yes. bring to the table.
2: Exactly, discover new talent. Yep. I know D. H. Smith was a part
1: of uh, the UK TNA version. Chavo wrestled there. A lot of great talent uh, that's you underutilized.
2: Guys, or you guys
3: mo- know whatever happened to Teddy Hart?
2: Oh, Teddy Hart. So I don't know what happened with Teddy Hart exactly, but I know it just seems like he's always uh, in trouble wherever oh, he goes. He always gets in trouble. He always has a bad reputation. And he always, he makes more enemies than friends, unfortunately.
3: Last time I saw Teddy Hart was when they were still giving Triple A on TV. And it was teaming yeah. with his kid, Jack Evans, who was excellent. And all of a sudden oh, he disappeared because he yeah, got yeah, in trouble again. And I don't see him no place.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he's Jack doing. Jack
1: Evans is an amazing young talent. Just just a gifted person to watch uh if you ever get a chance just google uh him on the internet and uh Jack Evans, you'll have a good time watching if you're a pure uh wrestling fan uh Jack Evans is the ticket uh for you but uh let's see though uh, we were talking earlier about it, and uh I just want to bring this back. It looks like uh, you're right, J.J., that the uh, they, they might have uh, Randy Orton uh, go back to a uh, face, right?
2: Yeah, that's what uh, Dominic was saying earlier. It seems that we're seeing uh, Orton and Kane. They're kind of sick of uh, doing Seth Rollins' uh, fights for him. They're fighting Cena. They're fighting Dean Ambrose and they're always being uh, put to sort of bodyguard and protect Seth Rollins, and they're tired of it. So I think while Randy Orton has always said he hates uh, being a babyface, he would rather be a uh, heel, I think that eventually his time has come and he'll be back as a face soon because eventually they need someone to go up against the authority. And uh, I think that could very well be Kane, and Randy Orton. And essentially, Kane has a movie coming out, so what better way than to turn Kane a face to get the fans behind him? He have Seen No Evil 2, I think, which should be coming out in October, around Halloween. So I definitely think we'll be seeing Kane and uh, Randy Orton turning soon and possibly turning on the authority.
3: I like that. That's going to be a good big team. Kane and Randy Orton, and put the mask back on Kane. Make Randy Orton the Viper again. Mm-hmm. and just let them beat the yes. balls off the authority. Let Triple H yeah. get back in the ring and team with Seth Rollins, and let Kane and Randy Orton beat the hell out of them.
2: Yeah, that could be good. I could see you know Kane and uh, Triple H or Randy Orton and Triple H. And, uh, Randy Orton and Triple H have already had uh, a big feud in the WWE when when Randy Orton was really the viper, and he was targeting Stephanie, and he you know tied up uh, Triple H to the ring, and he kind of gave Stephanie just a little kiss. I remember remember the The fans crazy. They even taped something the following week where Triple H went into Randy Orton's home, threw him, uh, I don't know if he threw him out the window, he threw him through the door, and they had this big brawl. So Orton and Triple H definitely have a huge history. It would be nice to be revisited. Kane. Who should be the monster again and really be the monster? If you look at Kane in 2014, just look at it like this. And this isn't just me making stuff up, this is stuff that the fans are aware of, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. Kane and the Royal Rumble, Kane was last seen choke slamming CM Punk. We never saw CM Punk again. So you could basically say that Kane eliminated CM Punk. Why not give Kane that heat? that he was the guy to end CM Punk's career. Because after that choke slam, we never heard of him again. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan wins the World Heavyweight title. He gets tombstoned three times by Kane. Now he's injured. He needed almost two neck surgeries. He's out of action. Kane did that. You could pin it on Kane and give Kane that. He gives him that momentum that this guy is the real monster in the WWE, not Brock Lesnar. He's ending careers left and right.
3: Wow, that's right on point, bro. I love
2: that. Then you could have Kane against Brock. That would be great. Two monsters. They could really build that up. Make it believable because, as I mentioned, while Brock has his history so does Kane but for some reason nobody is acknowledging any of these things and it's it's unfortunate because i think it would really elevate Kane we've seen him basically be a corporate jobber when he's the big red machine he is the you know satan's favorite demon he's you know the monster the big red machine and why isn't he being portrayed as that i don't know
3: i always liked mass wrestlers and the minute i saw kane i said i freaking love this guy He does the high flying. He's off the top row. He can do everything. Now when I see him out there in his stupid dress pants, and he's got a look on his face, really, coming out of the back like, I know I'm going to lose again.
0: And he does.
3: They're always pin Kane. They don't pin Randy Orton.
0: They did a whole bunch of
3: house shows last weekend and the weekend before, and the headline match was John Cena against Kane. John Cena won everyone oh. by a pinfall. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my. Oh, my.
3: Yep. Ugh,
1: that's, that's got to change. I mean, it's, it's not I've seen that, They think, back in 2008, uh, Cena versus uh, Kane. I mean, these, yeah. this happened already. But uh, also, there's an update on Kurt Angle. Um... As I said uh, a while back, he tried to go underneath uh, when uh, Triple H said, nope, uh, he allegedly, and I'll use that word loosely here, uh, went to Vince McMahon privately and got denied uh, a return to the WWE. So, uh, hmm, very interesting to see uh, uh why Triple H doesn't want Kurt Angle back in the WWE?
3: Well, so, I, heard, uh, I heard Triple H say, "You you left here to go where some where the, where the grass was greener. We'll stay there." Now I read today, Kurt Angle today or yesterday, Kurt Angle said when his contract with TNA is up, we are going to see Kurt in a new promotion. He didn't say where. I'm thinking he's not coming back to the WWE. I'm thinking he's maybe going to join Jeff Jarrett's new group, or maybe yeah. he's going to wind up doing some stuff for maybe for Ring of Honor, even yeah. if he don't wrestle all the time, to be like a spokesman or a general manager or whatever. But he's not going to be back in WWE. But I I see him doing something major somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, I think uh, it was just announced today, too, that Jarrett should be doing his first uh, pay-per-view January uh, 2015. He should have his first uh, pay-per-view, and it should be, I guess, in Japan. And uh, I think Kurt Angle and Jarrett, again, two guys who have a huge uh, history together, and that could be a good partnership for them. Uh, Jarrett needs superstars, and there's really no greater superstar than an Olympic gold medalist. I mean, Kurt Angle's still one of the best ever. You know, WWE, TNA, what have you, you know, the guy can still go as long as he's healed, and, you know, he can wrestle. He can, you know, wrestle circles around anyone and make them look great. So, you know, Kurt Angle could really help any promotion he's with, whether he stays in TNA, whether he goes to even Ring of Honor as a general manager, it would be great for those young guys to just learn whatever they can from Kurt. And Kurt really would do great things in the WWE if they would just give him the opportunity. He's got one last run in him. We've been talking about seeing Kurt Angle versus Rusev. That would be tremendous. You know, there's a lot oh, of guys like wow. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, a lot of young guys, even even Bray Wyatt. You know, Kurt Angle hasn't wrestled these guys. There's a whole generation of people in the WWE right now who he hasn't wrestled because he's been gone for about eight years, which is amazing. He's been gone. uh, He's been in TNA for eight years, and he was in WWE for eight years. So really, he's been in both promotions for eight years, which is amazing. Uh, Someone had asked Kurt, you know, do you consider yourself? a TNA guy because you've been there, you know, most recently for the last eight years, or do you consider yourself a WWE guy because you started there and you were there for eight years? And Kurt said, well, I think most people, you know, they remember the first thing that you did. They remember your first sort of big, you know, experience and exposure. And I was first exposed in, wwe that's where I made my start. So a lot of people remember me from there. But, you know, he doesn't take anything away from what he's done in TNA and, you know, what he does next. You know, he's a tremendous asset to any company he goes to.
1: I mean, uh, while we're on the subject of Kurt Angle, I mean, this man has bled. He has done it all. He gave us priceless matches uh, that... I've never seen from anybody since Bret Hart, of course, who was on the record as saying that he wished he could have wrestled uh, uh, yeah. Mr. Engel, uh, barring cool. that the injury didn't happen. And I'll tell you, yeah. Dominic, you probably get fantasy match all the time. Uh, who would you pick if it came down to uh, Bret Hart and uh, the sharpshooter, uh, uh, excuse me, and the Olympic gold medalist, uh, Kurt Angle.
3: Wow. That's a tough call. Bret Hart's done it all and then some. Besides WWE, WCW, he was great with the anvil before even coming to the WWE. He was a star even before he was a tag team guy. But Kurt, with all the injuries that he's had and all the surgeries that he's had, he can still go. I don't know who I'd
0: pick.
3: To me, that's a coin toss. I would go with Kurt, but it would be very, very, very close.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, Brett's, you know, my favorite wrestler. He made me a fan, and he made me love wrestling. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Brett Hart in his prime, or even now, if he could still go against Kurt Angle now, or in his prime, I mean, it would be a phenomenal match fans everywhere. I think everyone would just be, it would be an enjoyment no matter who won, you know, like the old saying goes, the fans would be the the real true winners. But uh, it would be a great match, and it was a I think match the I fans know that not would only cheering
3: for both guys.
2: Yeah, it's a match that, as uh, King pointed out, not only a match that Brett wanted, but it's a match that Kurt has always wanted. Kurt as wanted well.
1: too. Yep. yep. Yeah, and, and it's a shame. I mean, Kurt Angle uh, just missed Brett by a few years. Uh, I came in. What, in, I think 1999, he made his debut in WWE, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, and then, uh, he, before you know it, he was champion. Uh, he fought Taz when Taz made his debut. Oh, my the, God. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Adam
0: that was Kirk.
2: actually that. Oh,
0: Jesus. The... Uh, New York, he <laughs> and you remember
3: his uh,
1: twin brothers? Eric Angle.
3: I don't know yeah. if that's his so twin. Yeah, but he he disappeared. Eric Angle. I don't know what happened. Yeah, they he, were going to use him.
0: Yeah, I really thought
2: yeah, they were. Yeah, well really they good. did. Little bit. Very yeah, little. little. They did. They did the twin magic where he rolled out of the ring oh, and he replaced them.
3: Oh yeah, I remember that.
2: Where are they now? Uh,
1: maybe uh, Dominic, you you could weigh in on this. The Mean Street Posse.
3: Oh, (laughs) good grief.
1: The only one I liked over
3: there was Joey Abs.
0: Because that's Jason Hart.
3: He's been around for a long time. He's probably retired. The other two guys, last time I saw them, WrestlingFigs.com. Bobby Mulrennan went to uh, an autograph signing, a big convention, and they were there. What, what were their names, the other two guys? No, Pete Gass. Right, uh, yeah, Pete Gass and
2: yes, what right. was the other guy? Yeah, the other one I can't remember. Uh, yeah,
3: Pete Gass. Oh, my God. Yeah, the other guy I don't remember neither. But, yeah, the two of them oh, were in the yeah, picture. Joey Abs wasn't there, but uh, um, Pete Gass and the other guy were there.
1: Okay. Okay, uh, I did save a clip from last week. Uh, Kevin Nash uh, talking about Triple H with Stone Cold. Let's take a listen and talk on the other side.
3: I don't
2: hear anything. Yeah, it's not playing, King.
3: Uh,
1: yes, we will try it again. Uh <laughs> Anyway,
2: I believe that Kevin Nash will be starring in the uh, Magic Mike sequel, which uh, came out uh, a few years ago with Channing Tatum. Also, Kevin Nash is supposed to be appearing in the new Keanu Reeves movie, which I believe that is called uh, John Wick. That comes out, I think, next month or so. So Kevin Nash has got a lot of stuff going on in Hollywood, apparently. Uh, Kevin Nash,
1: always uh, keeping uh, uh, busy. Uh, but uh, let's see if I could see uh, Kevin Nash now. Let's see. Uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. We heard why WWE should sign Bully Ray. Uh, why Triple H uh, say WWE once Vince retired? We heard that. We heard, uh, okay, uh, uh, The Miz shooting on this one. Um, and, uh, wow. Well, okay, let's see here. Here we go. Kevin Nash. Where are you, Kevin? Kevin Nash. Uh,
0: okay,
1: uh, Batista shoots on leaving. WWE, WWE, okay, Kevin Nash disappears like he usually does. In real life, he disappears on my computer. (laughs) Ah, boy. But uh, Kevin Nash, I was told that the year that he was champion, which was 1995, was the lowest point uh, for WWE merchandising. I don't know if that's accurate
2: or not, but that's what I've been told. Uh, Well, I think 95 was a hard time for WWE in general, you know, and of course a lot of the guys were jumping ship to WCW, you know, uh, the new generation was going on hard times, so you had, you know, Kevin Nash who was your world champion, you had, you know, a lot of guys like Sean and Brett who were just getting to the bigger picture, and, you know, there was a a big struggle, there was a, a lot of concern, they were trying to keep up with uh, WCW, and it was tough because they had the star power, and WWE at the time were still trying to develop their stars. They were still trying to find their own voice and their own place uh, in the company. And there there was a talk that uh, we even discussed, was it WrestleMania 11? I don't know if that was 90 or 94, maybe 95, I can't remember the year, but it was probably one of the worst uh, Wrestlemania. So WWE went through a very difficult period during the new generation in the early 90s, and uh, a lot of that had to do with the star power, with Hogan, with Nash, and Hall, and Warrior, and all those guys jumping ship, and uh, Luger, and uh, Rick Rue, so many guys jumping ship to WCW, and it just brought a lot more eyeballs to Monday Night Trow.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, that day where uh, Raven came to Nitro uh, and Mr. Perfect debuted, and, like, wow. Uh, And even, besides stealing talent from WWE, they stole talent from little old uh, ECW. You know, Raven, Sandman, uh, Perry Saturn... Uh, it was a shame because if ECW had some money there that could have been a hell of a product and it was a hell of a product but I'm just saying if they had a budget or something and they had somebody like with brains that was running it I mean I'm not saying Paul Damon doesn't have brains but he's not good with the uh, mullah and the, uh, the chicks kept playing basketball and bouncing uh (laughs) for a lot of people um but uh nonetheless uh ECW was just an amazing thing uh there's a lot of things that are good but in my opinion nothing will ever top the moments uh that we experience in good old ECW
2: yeah, I mean it created so many uh, great moments with uh, you know Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Sandman, Taz, RVD, Sabu. I mean the the FBI. So many great talents came out of there. So many great matches. And as you mentioned, a lot of the talent who went to WCW like a Rey Mysterio or a Chris Jericho or uh, you know Eddie Guerrero or uh you know Perry Saturn. So many guys. Even the Sandman, believe it or not, he had a, a brief uh, stint. Uh, in WCW, hat. As, hat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hat. Uh, I mean, and, a lot of guys, they tried out, you know, they tried out, they, uh, they tried to WCW or if they didn't work there, they went to WWE. I mean, uh, we had a public enemy at one point went to WWE and that was, well, I think everybody remembers that and what happened with them. But, you know, so many guys, uh, ECW had a great talent pool, And uh, like you said, Paul Heyman, maybe not the best with money, but when it came time to recognizing talent and giving them the opportunity to let that talent shine, to see what they were capable of, or where they were. Someone like a Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was he was just stunning Steve, and yet he developed his attitude. In ECW, And he would go on and bring that to the WWE and become one of the most uh, largest grossing superstars that the WWE ever had next to Hulk Hogan. I mean, he just defined the attitude era. He was what they were missing as the new generation was coming up and they didn't have a voice. Well, they found their voice when Austin became Stone Cold. Steve Austin, and he became you know the leader of the Attitude Era. I mean, so many great things happen, and you have to pay tribute to ECW, which was very influential. Okay, let me see if this clip works.
1: Kevin Nash and Steve Austin talk about Triple H. Uh, nope. So uh, let's just keep on going. If it does pop on, it'll pop on. Uh, so the results, do we have the results of, um, what went down tonight of, uh, was tonight was, uh, what's it called, uh, on the network,
2: uh, main event on Tuesdays. Main event, right, right. Yeah, main event. The original uh, main event. Yeah, go on,
1: King. Yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, the, uh. Original main event, uh, I'm sure you remember, like would air on the NBC network, and it was a one-hour show, uh, and it would be like a special if you remember. And uh, one time they had uh, Hogan and Savage uh, uh, break up on the. um, the main event was, uh, at the time when they were taking on Hakeem and the big boss man, and that's when uh, Elizabeth was used as a, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is, but uh, she was definitely used uh, more than once you know, or twice. But uh, uh, it was it was some good times back then uh, with the main event uh, as far as that was concerned. Uh, and Saturday Night's main event, I mean, wow, 11.30 uh, p.m. on the NBC network. Just an amazing, uh, amazing stuff that they did. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, it was much, uh, you know, much more interesting because you had just the weekend shows of uh, challenge and superstars and you had, I guess, primetime wrestling Uh To me, that was a good era. You know, you had uh, good stuff. And to me, uh, you know, I love Jim Ross. He's great. And I love Joey. But when you had Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brainy. Oh, uh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) They were as funny as ever. And, you know,
3: they called the matches. And yet they interacted with each other to make it fun. You notice the announced team in WWE now, sometimes they don't even talk about who's in the ring.
0: No.
1: No, you're right. You're so right. Like, uh, they concentrated, Heenan and and Monsoon. uh, You know, they made their jokes, but they they did concentrate on what was going on in the ring. And then, you know, uh, Bobby would, uh, uh, Monsoon would say uh, all these funny things about... Bobby the and then uh uh it just reminds me of when the day that he passed away and uh you know, he was on nitro and he was crying Bobby the and It was pretty sad that, you know, that was a while back but that was that was sad, uh, because uh to me in my opinion, that those two were the best uh one two punch at least. Um
3: <laughs> Yeah, I remember, yeah but, uh, I remember with the Masked Man, the Assassin, when he was managing Paul Orndorff, and Bobby Heenan was telling Gorilla Monsoon, he says, what was this WCW with Bobby Heenan and somebody else? He says, I know who the Masked Assassin is. Oh, it was Tony Schiavone. He says, the Masked Assassin's <laughs> out there with, with Paul Orndorff. Yeah, I know who it is. Who? The guy wearing a mask. Like no shit, Bobby. Tell us who's under the mask. That you never told us. But oh your my. Buddy oh said, my. Giovanni must have said something like,
2: "You really are a brain. That's why they call you that." Yeah, no joke. I mean, he was so <laughs> quick and his jokes were so funny. I mean, he should have been a comedian. That the, the yeah, guy was yeah, always on Oh, yes. mean, he always Thank had you, I, I would
1: hysterical laughing from uh, the brain. Uh, It's just very funny. And uh, Jesse Ventura also was good at his craft with Monsoon. Yep. Oh, my God.
2: They, they, Jesse was great. He was uh, right. a heel too. I mean, Jesse as a heel, you know, he'd always get his way. He'd always play the the bad part, and you know, Gorilla would have to set him straight, or he would try to to talk about the rules, and then Jesse would throw the rules out. I mean, they had a good rapport with each other, much like uh, with Heenan. They really played uh, well off each other.
1: Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. And uh, uh, I miss those guys there. I don't know if Gorilla Monsoon, was he ever inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame? If he wasn't, he should have been.
3: I believe so. I think Monsoon's in. Yeah. Yeah, he should be. It's right. If he's not, I think he is, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't wrestlers that should definitely be in the Hall of Fame, which is another topic that I wanted to touch on. Who, who do you guys think uh, will uh, be the lead guy uh, in this in WrestleMania 31's uh, Hall of Fame? Let me start with you, J.J.
2: Well, let me just say that Gorilla <laughs> Mansook was inducted in 94. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 94 by Jim Ross. So, yeah, Gorilla was one of the first inductees way back when. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, they really weren't doing it like the
1: way they were doing it with the WrestleManias. They actually did one in 96 where Snooker uh, was inducted, but I don't know, just they should have a place like where you could visit and, uh, you know, see the plaques and see, you know, like similar to what uh, baseball has. Uh, yeah. I think that would make a lot of money for them, and it's good for the history. And uh, you know, you'll see Chip carry him, but nonetheless, uh, uh, I think there should be a place where you can
0: visit the Hall of Fame, yeah. quote unquote. So, yeah, I mean, uh, but, it comes up every
3: so often that they really want to make a WWE Hall of Fame museum up in Connecticut. Yeah. But then
2: they stop talking about it, and then they bring it up again. Yeah, it's one of those on and off things. I'm surprised they don't have the uh the, a Hall of Fame building at the Performance Center. They already have a lot of their talent there. They have a lot of the rings there. They have the setup. They hopefully have the space. They have media coming in all the time. I think that would be the the perfect place to have fans come in and see the The actual physical Hall of Fame, but as you pointed out, maybe they would want to do it in Connecticut because their offices, their headquarters is in Connecticut, you know, they only really have the quote-unquote Hall of Fame whenever they have the WrestleMania access, and of course every year they have the fans who come to those access shows before WrestleMania, they sort of build a Hall of Fame, you know, just for the that weekend, but it would be nice to have a permanent place where people could visit and see, and as Dominic said, you know, the third you could enjoy it, to make it a museum where, you know, fans could take pictures and see so many great memorabilia over the last, you know, 50 years of uh, WWE's history.
3: I'd like to see it right oh in Madison God. Square Garden, the house that Bruno built, where it all started. Oh. That's right. Yeah. But uh, as far
1: as this year, uh, um, you know, uh, any candidates
2: that you think thinking of, J.J.? Maybe The Rock,
1: Undertaker, yeah.
2: possibly? Yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, I mean, you could look at The Rock, whether or not he has one more match in him or not, I'm not sure. I mean, he's really focused on his Hollywood career right now. But I do think uh, there's at least one more match possible. A lot of fans want to see The Rock and Brock. They only really wrestled each other that once nearly a decade ago at SummerSlam. So a lot of people do like to see Rock and Brock. But, uh, I mean, you could very well put him, just have him retire quietly, much uh, like Austin did. Austin didn't make a big deal out of his last match with The Rock. They never announced it as his retirement match. It was just something that happened, and he just kind of bowed out gracefully. So I think if that were to happen with The Rock, and they don't really officially say he's retired, but for him to bow out focus on movies and whether or not he has one more match down the line at least he's able to unlike Austin with all of his injuries it's kind of difficult whether or not his health is he's able to if he passes the physical but uh, as you pointed out Sting I mean it would be amazing for Sting to be inducted in the Hall of Fame and possibly oh, wrestle his final match or if he doesn't wrestle well at least we had him for the hall of fame and we got to see sting and hear him talk about his career and whether or not you know he still has that one more match in him now that he's possibly in the hall of fame uh you know there's always the undertaker the undertaker the streak is over whether or not he chooses to retire or not they never said that was his final match he could always have that one more match as well but you know, how many more matches does the Undertaker have left in him? So if he were to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, maybe that's his way of gracefully kind of bowing out as well. I mean, there's so much to say. There's always rumors about the NWO, uh, whether or not they would bring him yeah. in as a unit or whether they want to induct uh, Kevin Nash. We just saw Scott Hall was inducted this year, so I could definitely see Kevin Nash being one of the uh, top, to be inducted next year. Now, whether or not he's inducted as Kevin Nash or as Diesel or as a part of the NWO, that remains to be seen. But I definitely think at the top of the list is Kevin Nash. I think he'll probably be in there.
3: team, uh, JJ? JJ, what about a tag team? If you had to put in a tag team,
2: well, that's easy. That's, that's the Dudley Boys. I would want uh, to see the good. Boys. Very and good, especially he- with Bully Ray. Team 3D. Bully Ray's contract is up, so there's no uh, squibbles, you know, of uh, a TNA star being on a WWE show like they had with Ric Flair. I mean, he's a free agent. If he wants, to, if they don't even want to bring him back as a wrestler, at least induct the team into the Hall of Fame. Because I mean, I think the WWE has acknowledged that you know one of the greatest uh, tag team ladder matches. Uh, in the history of, of WWE's ladder matches were that triple threat match between the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. It was a historic moment uh, for WWE, yeah. and it involved the Dudleys. They were a huge part of that. And towards the end of the Attitude Era, of course, we remember the famous powerbomb to Mae Young. Uh, oh, the thank you, lady. And uh, they tried to recapture that in TNA But, uh, you know, Bubba Ray and Devon, they deserved it. They earned it uh, all their time in ECW, their time in WWE alone. You could induct them. And, of course, they had a great run uh, in TNA, but, of course, they wouldn't acknowledge that. But uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, they definitely deserve it. I mean, I can't think of a tag team that deserves it more than those guys. I mean, they're just uh, phenomenal. You're supposed to get the TNA, uh, whatever it's
1: called, the TNA version of the Hall of Fame. I think they're getting inducted at Bound for Glory.
2: Yeah, that's part of Bound for Glory. TNA has their annual, of course, what they just started, their Hall of Fame, but it had their first inductee was Sting. Uh, Their second inductee was Kurt Angle. Finally, he accepted his Hall of Fame uh, induction. Uh, at first, he he didn't want to be inducted because he had some personal issues and he didn't feel it was right. And I commend him for turning it down because it made, made a bad image and he didn't want to be celebrated while he was going through a very personal time. But eventually, he got better. He got uh, inducted. He accepted it. So now this year, it's Team 3D. They're getting the honors at Bound for Glory in Japan. So, that, you know, it's great for a Bully and Devon, and, of course, they have a match, as you guys pointed out, and they will be taking on Tommy Dreamer and Abyss, so that should be a, a good send-off for uh, Team 3D. But, of course, for the WWE fans, how great would it be to see the Dudleys in the WWE? Even if it's not a wrestling match, just to see them at the Hall of Fame, I think the fans would go crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: you're talking about the best tag team ever besides the LOD, in my opinion.
3: Oh, uh, I agree with that. I mean, that. LOD is number
1: yeah. one and Team 3D is number two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and after that, then just pick them, I guess. Uh, you know, I just scratch my head because these a lot of tag teams were thrown together. And they weren't I mean the Hart Foundation, that was definitely an awesome terror team.
0: Yeah, Brett and uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Uh, I don't know if you think how you guys feel about demolition. Uh they thought they were pretty good, but some people think that was a rip of the LOD.
2: Well, whether it was or not, I no idea yeah. but Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's a rip-off or not, I don't think that's the point. The point is they did well while they were in the WWE. They made their own uh, identity. They have their own great moments, and they're definitely still remembered to today for uh, everything that they did. So whether or not they're a rip-off or not, they eventually made a name for themselves. Uh, yes, absolutely.
3: Yeah. I mean, we no me also the bad, moon. Moon. How come WWE has nothing creative for Christian? <laughs>
2: that's right. Um, yeah. Why ain't they the using thing. that kid?
3: He's got a lot of miles left on him. He's not well, injured not, no more.
2: Well, that's the problem. He's not injured right now. But let's say they bring him back. Let's just say he doesn't get injured again. Unfortunately, much uh, like Rey Mysterio, Conan, he's very injured prone. And especially when it deals with concussions, D.W. takes very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't want to put him back too soon. They, they're they not sure what to do with him. As you pointed out, there's a lot of uh, political things to do with that as well. Supposedly, yeah. that Vince McMahon, just, he doesn't like Christian. He doesn't think Christian is marketable. He thinks he has a rat face in which he feeds into JBL's headset to call him a rat face troll or whatever. So there's a lot of things, unfortunately, that aren't going in his favor. But it's a shame because he is a great talent, and he is passionate. He loves this business, and he wants to be as, you know, successful as his uh, quote-unquote brother, his uh, Edge was. And I think he could have been. He could have been a great sort of weaselly uh, heel. I think he was really great. When he was, you know, facing Randy Orton, they had some great matches for the world title. And it's a shame they're not putting him in the, the title picture now. Even feed him to Brock. Make Brock look like a badass. Have him, had Christian, you know, fed to him. Just give him an opportunity to go out there and to do something. Because right now, we just saw him on the Peep Show, and that was it. And that we haven't even seen him before that in months. And now we still haven't seen him. I mean, what happened now? Did he did he what happened? He sprained his ankle going to the ring? I I don't know. We we've not seen christian and it's a shame because he has a lot of charisma and i think he could help a lot of the talent out now and help establish them and help elevate them and make them look good help someone like a bray wyatt look good because you know bray could use all the help he can get his promos alone can't get him over forever he needs someone to help his in-ring ability and to teach him ring psychology and christian could do that
3: if they don't know what to do with with christian i would just keep him doing the peep show that's all even if it ain't every week
2: yeah, you know what? That would work, too, because he's a great on the mic. He's a great yep. character. He knows how to play off people. He's quick. He's funny. I mean, a lot of the stuff that him and Edge did, you know, when they were a team was just great. It was, just kinda, it was silly, but it was silly in the way that it was actually legitimately funny. They're silly like a bunny wrestling a gator, and they're silly that, you know, you can laugh at, anyone can laugh at at all ages. You know, and that's I remember when that's they were the sitting that
3: ringside, and they said, all right, prepare for a run-in. And then they did the running. <laughs> then they said, "All right, we're going to pose for five seconds. Get ready." That was funny, <laughs> but the stuff with these guys dressed as uh, dressed as a bunny and all that—that's sh- not funny. That's not even stupid. That's just lousy.
0: That's plain ridiculous.
3: Yeah,
1: it's uh, unwatchable, to say the least. <laughs> But uh uh one person that will be in the Hall of Fame, uh in my opinion, I think you guys will agree, for all his accomplishments and whatever, uh is Mr. Paul Heyman. What do you oh, think yeah.
2: about that? Oh that's
3: a great one. I yeah. say yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm surprised he wasn't <laughs> inducted when they were in New York, uh when they did the Hall of Fame in New York with Bruno. I think that would have been a great uh, time to put Paul Heyman in. But anytime, Paul is definitely someone who has done so much. And not just what he's doing now with Lesnar, not what he did even with CM Punk, but just his entire career in wrestling. I haven't seen yes. that DVD yet that came out, but I definitely, it's something I, I have to get. But uh, his career in wrestling goes so long, he's been a part of wrestling since he was, you know, basically a a teenager practically, and he was trying to bluff his way into getting work and, uh, you know, just to get jobs, doing things. I mean, he's been a part of the business for so long, and his contributions, whether it's in WCW or ECW, like I said, present day in the WE, I mean, it's, I don't think there's anybody quite like Paul Heyman and what he's done throughout his career. And oftentimes people say, oh, well, Paul Heyman today is the greatest you know, manager of all time. And, of course, we always talk about, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan. But uh, you have to compare. If there's any top really, really great manager, you have, of course, Heenan. But Heyman's right there. His dangerous alliance back in the day, you know, what he did for oh, Lesnar. I mean, Lesnar doesn't work without Paul Heyman. Lesnar would be it – just, it just doesn't work. The guy can't cut a promo. In fact, when they brought him back originally – And uh, he didn't have Paul Heyman with him. When he came back a few years ago and he confronted Cena and he did the F5, they had uh, this big uh, contract signing with Triple H and Brock, and Brock was speaking. It was terrible. Brock knew it was terrible. The WWE knew it was terrible. And Brock very simply told them, if you want this to work, you have to call Heyman. And they called Heyman. Heyman came. He said, I'm never going to sign with this company ever again. He's done. And yet, what happened? He signed. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Heyman's oh, a guy yeah. football, and he's really helped save a few careers. So, uh, he deserves He really does. One of the all-time best. Oh, think about
1: it like this. I mean, you probably wouldn't know the name Tommy Dreamer right now to what's us support Heyman. Uh, the double okay. you know. If hit, you, 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 well, what's that? Rob Van Dam as uh, well. Uh, RVD, all of them that uh, came Chabu. from the ECW because... Little Chabu. Guido. Little Guido. Uh,
2: Steve Carino. As you said, Dejuri. RVD. Tajiri.
1: Yoshihiro. Yep. Uh, yeah, last week who uh, wrestled... Uh, Robbie E in a very good match, I thought at least.
0: Yeah, he's
1: back. And uh Jerry, yeah, he's uh, he uh, he seems to be back. I, it'd be a sh- it, it would be
3: great if they could get Super Crazy back and have a oh little rematch. Uh, super Crazy over in yeah. Japan. Oh, I forgot yeah. where, now, old Japan or New Japan, but he's he's there or maybe it's Noah but, but
1: he's he's over in Japan remember, he's been there right you remember those good old uh, feuds, right with Jerry and uh, crazy death match and the mexican
3: death match <laughs>
1: oh goodness oh. that was un- unbelievable as uh, mr mcmahon would say it's <laughs> just unbelievable uh mm-hmm. Uh, no words to describe uh,
2: that, that and uh, well, uh, super crazy I mean jumping off of balconies I remember him doing moonsaults off uh, the, the balconies at the, the Hammerstein Ballroom to Tajiri I mean he was doing some amazing stuff these guys were just tearing it up
1: yes and uh he didn't uh get his proper push when he went to the WWE in my opinion compared oh, to at least God. the
3: way you, uh, The Mexicans with yeah. the Wand Deer uh, no. tractor, deer no. me a break. Tell me that ain't racist.
0: No. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Oh, no. all this. did that with the Tommy
3: Omega
0: group? What
1: did they call that? was War crazy,
3: crazy psychosis, and it was another guy.
2: Was it Juventude? Oh. Who? Juventude Guerrero? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It was Hoovy? And then they
3: showed the prototype of a Juventud Guerrero figure, which looked awesome. And Juve had problems okay. with WWE, and they never made the figure.
0: Uh, so, oh, oh, my, yeah.
1: Uh, yep. then Juventud, he was a talent. Yep. I mean, just something else.
3: And uh on his own promotion in uh, in Mexico, and he's a DJ, and he wants to supply the music for the promotion.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: That's interesting. That is interesting. And uh for definitely will be interesting uh, how that crowd reacts. Uh, you know, like, if you look at the matches, it's basically America versus Japan in a lot yep. of the
0: matches.
2: Yep. It's really not, not all that Wow. promotion, yeah, it does feel like uh, t n a versus wrestle one especially uh in the you know wrestle One's hometown in Japan in uh tokyo. But that's uh, another thing is there aren't a whole lot of TNA sort of storylines. The biggest storyline uh, in that pay-per-view is, uh, you know, the great Muta Tajiri with James Storm and mm-hmm. Sonata, because that's one of the matches that they've been grooming for the last few months. A lot of the other matches are just kind of matches they've made on the fly. Uh, Samoa Joe mm-hmm. and Loki are developing a nice renewal of their feud, so that's nice to see them going back and forth. So their triple threat match should be a, a great match. But uh, the rest of the card is really, uh, it, it's just TNA versus Wrestle 1. So, But like you said, this should be probably the best three hours of pure wrestling. No storylines, no talking, just wrestling. So it yep. should be just a great card on, on that note. Agreed 100%. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, we should have some more information next week. Uh, Hopefully the audio clips will be back and the technical problems will be uh, fixed. So uh, another good show. And hopefully we'll have... uh, Oh, I think we will have Mr. Brian Shields uh, talking about his new book next week for sure. Uh, So uh, we're looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, call 9-212-629-1900. And that's that. J.J.,
2: Dominic, always a pleasure. Yep. And uh, we will Pleasure for you, me, too, uh... guys. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Yep.
3: Yeah, right now my ear is okay. falling asleep. I'll see you next week. All right. Okay. Right. Peace <laughs> out, guys. Thank you.
0: Yep, bye Yep. Thank you. Okay.